It's a warm summer night in St. Louis. You and your family are hustling through Forest Park. Well, you're hustling. The kids are meandering with melted frozen lemonades. You pat yourself down to locate car keys and glance around for landmarks. Weird-looking oak tree? Check. You're still humming a tune from the show as you get everyone settled and merge into the sea of taillights, but a question rises to the top of your mind. How does the Muni find all of those crazy, talented people? Welcome to Classic 107.3's Attuned, the podcast that amplifies your knowledge of the artistic and cultural community in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm Julie Schuster. This is Series 1, Episode 3 of Cast Me at the Muni, an exploration of the audition process. The Muni is the United States' oldest and largest outdoor musical theater, and it's located in Forest Park in St. Louis. This third conversation is a check-in with Michael Baxter, Artistic Associate at the Muni. We'll discuss how the audition process is going, how Muni kids and teens auditions differ, and what happens next in the process. A show note, things have changed for the Muni and for all of us since this conversation was recorded, but the shows Michael mentions are now scheduled to be a part of the Muni's 2021 season. In the last episode of this podcast, I spoke with a college student who auditioned for the Muni this year and was not selected. I know that happened to you once upon a time, so I was hoping we could start there today, that you could give me more details about your experiences auditioning for the Muni. Absolutely. Actually, my first audition, I thought, well, I'm in college now. I'm a singer. I'm an actor. I'm going to go to the singer call. And they're going to take me seriously as an actor if I go into the singer call because my whole childhood was dancing. And I thought, I need to be taking myself more seriously, you know, as a freshman does, and to no avail. I went in, I sang, I didn't hear anything. And that didn't phase me, but I thought, well, next year I really need to lead with my strong suit. I need to go back in as a dancer. And I did well the next year. But, you know, the jigsaw puzzle of the Muni, there's seven shows, seven different creative teams at seven different points in their creative life as well. And it just didn't work out. I was still young, still very green. And then finally, my junior year, I was so fortunate. And I do remember that audition that year. I had friends from Cincinnati Conservatory of Music and University of Michigan auditioning with me. And there was this camaraderie and energy in the room. This is my third time now. And I sort of gave over to the alchemy of this positive, wonderful room and it allowed me to focus and audition better. And I'm not saying that those friends helped me get the job, but definitely their energy and positivity in the room really cultivated a wonderful environment. Yeah. Well, and that ties back a little bit into what you said last time we spoke when I asked you for advice for people who were auditioning and you said, be yourself. So maybe the presence of those friends just helped you relax and be more authentic. Especially in a cattle call audition there's a crazy amount of heart in the room and passion and that passion and that bravery is inspiring and infectious for the creatives behind the table for the auditionees and knowing that you are being seen and being heard in a positive room that actually cares for you in a positive humane professional way is absolutely enlightening and I'm still inspired by it. So how are you doing at this point in the audition process? Are you exhausted? <laughs> yes, and exhilarated. Okay. 
we saw on our open cattle call audition day, and one day we saw 840 auditionees. And when I say we, it was an entire team, our entire logistics and management team of Tracy Utzmeyers and her associate, James Prifty, and an entire team of interns that helped make the day run smoothly and be positive before any auditionee walked into the room. All of the creatives who were present, and then myself and Mike Isaacson in the room, really working with and seeing these talented college kids and professionals from New York coming in vying for what is a very small amount of spots available. And it was exhilarating. Was that the most people you had come to that open call? You know, that is a very good question. For the dancers, yes. Years ago, in 2013, we had a very large amount of singers come in for Les Miserables. And this was the largest dancer turnout that I have experienced while I have been here at the Muni in the last eight years. When we spoke before, you talked about one of your goals for the auditions creating that safe space, as you just said, where everyone felt like they were seen. Mm -hmm. And despite those huge numbers, you felt that the Muni was able to accomplish that. Absolutely. And the Muni itself, it is a team. And, you know, not only did we have inclusion and generosity and collaboration in every aspect of the audition, but you actually walked in and felt like, wow, now I can transform into the artist. I can not only be myself and bring my heart, but I can transform into the character they're asking me to portray through my dancing, to be a storyteller, to make a big, bold, brave choice. Again, that bravery is inspiring. And then to watch just the common goal of people supporting one another. It's really cool. I mean, inside the room, hearing other dancers rooting on a fellow dancer who is on the floor doing the thing. And yes, I'm paying attention to all of the dancers, making sure that I can adjudicate and see them clearly. But knowing that there's this positive energy of cheerleading on the side is invigorating. Tell me about the talent that you saw in a very general way. Yeah. Were you happy with the people who wanted to be a part of the Muni this season? Absolutely. So, so far within this journey, I have seen over 1,200 adults and over 330 children. So that's how many people I have been able to lay eyes on and see them in the room and to either get to see them dance or hear them sing or read a side and make a big, awesome choice as an actor. Yes, there is a standard of excellence that is required. And to see them work at that level is incredibly inspiring. I I think what I respond to most is the hunger and the desire. And I think people know now there's this energy in the air of what the Muni is and how the Muni is creating work. We've always known why, you know, the service to the audience, but how it is being done now with the support and the magic and the new systems in place with our brand new stage, there's a mojo, there's an energy that's happening. And you see that hunger and you see that desire in these performers. So not only are we seeing a large number of people, we're actually seeing better, more qualified talent. And that's got to be exciting from your viewpoint. Very much so. Very much so. And, you know, like there's variety in programming of the shows, there's a variety in auditionees. Some people walk in having exceptional voices. Some people walk in with dance prowess and skill that they've been working on for 18 years and they're 19 years old and I'm being silly, but it feels like their whole life. And then actors who are able to just access a part of their, their being and 
humanity and transfer that into language is really something. You also mentioned that you were looking for something that would surprise you mm -hmm. in the audition process. Can mm -hmm. you share any of those experiences where you connected with an individual's specific performance or point of view? Or I think it ultimately comes down to originality, and I sort of look at it as casting. I don't ever make the final decision. I essentially just present people to the creative team. I think a moment that inspired me is specifically watching the transformation in college kids. And there is a level of training that is happening in this country that is not only tremendously technical and skillful, but original. And seeing that individuality being represented in the room is thrilling. And, you know, there's many particular cases, whether it was a dancer who was just extraordinarily uh, in the moment, had a strong point of view, was able to turn some athletic Chicago choreography into a full-blown story, or somebody who is able to turn a Sondheim art song into something that is really meaningful and you enjoy, and that is of no judgment to any of the work. But like when you sit there, you, you either see it by rote and skill, or you're actually seeing a performance. Yeah. Seeing somebody take that to the next level is really thrilling. And you actually enjoy it. Wow, we're auditioning, but it feels like I'm watching a show. Yeah. Those are the moments that I look for. I'd like to talk about the Muni Kids and Teens auditions. Yeah. People always ask me about the Muni Kid and Teen auditions. And again, very much what I was describing about the adult process. It's exactly the same. You look for those young people who are hungry, who are confident, who have been training. They're just in process. So the biggest difference between an adult audition and a youth audition is its education. Mm -hmm. Because... They have experience, yet they don't have expertise yet. There's so much unearthed potential, as would be with college kids, as would be with young adults. Yet how do you cultivate and help nurture that potential? Mm -hmm. It's teaching. So it just takes more time. There's great care in the room, making sure that not only does everything just go right, but what happens if somebody lacks confidence and you see that potential in them, you know, it just takes a different care and a different hand. And that's why we take great pride in having a strong education program here at the Muni. So yes, it's an audition. Yes, the standards are high. And the expectation again is to seek and to find exceptional talent. Yet they're young people and they're just emerging and in process. Mm -hmm. So it has a different care to it. Different tone. A different tone. We are not a school here at the Muni. Those well-trained young people come to the Muni to really be showcased at their absolute best. So we do exist at a very high standard for them. And that is something we take great pride in as well. It is professional theater at the end of the day. And yes, there's an educational component, but there's an educational component in a professional show. And that is something you do not see anywhere else. If there is something similar out in other theaters in the country, it is by no means at the magnitude or at the standard of the Muni kids and teens, because where else can you be performing with Broadway and television talent and emerging young artists from these collegiate programs for 11,000 people a night in a major musical? Only at the Muni. It's, it's really singular. 
and those kids are accepted because they are exceptional and they demonstrated profound technique and talent and rightfully deserve to be up there. So to quote Mary Poppins, has the wind changed at all with the season at this point in the auditions? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, definitely going back to just the idea of there's an energy. You know, people start knowing that casting is happening. It is cooking, for sure. It is brewing. Something's brewing and about to begin. Um, But we're definitely in the soup now, for sure. And we're just adding more and more ingredients. And it's mid-February now, and you can feel it in the air because what happens, which you actually caught me on a day after I've started to make some initial offers, Mm -hmm. and you start talking about dates and times and travel, and you're going to be here. This is what you're going to do while you're here. It's getting more real, um, which is exciting and daunting because it's February and we're four months out, but we're four months out. Right. So it's definitely brewing. Break that down a little bit for listeners. What is happening right now at this point in the auditions? So in the auditions, we are actually beginning the process of intake, right? We've made an offer. Mm -hmm. People have accepted. And then we begin the process of contracting and intake. We want you. You've been hired. You've accepted. And now let's really figure this out. And we go through all the logistics of what does it mean now to be hired, We bring in a tremendous amount of artists from out of state, as well as our local artists, as well as college kids from all over the country, plus our local children and teenagers. So a big part of the process right now is offer and hopefully, fingers crossed, acceptance. And then upon acceptance, we begin the intake process. When that process begins, it's all about contracts, tax forms lodging, travel, bios, and headshots. You know, you open up that playbill and you want to know who's playing Mary Poppins. And you see their headshot, you see their bio, you even see where their name is posted on what we call the title page of the program. We go through all of the negotiations and managers and agents. It's sort of a very fastidious, busy time that is making sure that we not only have the best artist but that we are setting them up for the best possible success at the Muni. Questions that go beyond what flight am I going to take? Can I bring my dog? Those sorts of things that sound silly, but they're important. And we honor that and really keep that in mind. Much like you curate the audition process, you want it to be this warm, embracing experience that would carry through. Right, because at the end of the day, it's about collaboration. And to get that artist on the stage doing their best work, we communicate in the best possible way to make sure that we are serving them. When you make the offers, do you do that via phone? With the college kids, absolutely. And when I say the college kids, it's either, you know, those new discoveries, those first-timers, same thing with the, the children or the teenagers. It's just always better over the phone. Sure. You get to hear their reaction. Even though you're not in the same room, you right. can... You can hear them. And I I had a very wonderful conversation with a kid the other day. And the expletives that he shouted, I cannot share on this podcast, but they were with excitement. So I was was very excited by how this particular young man responded. Excellent. So So you look forward to to this process. I do. I do. And they're looking forward to it. And you can just even tell when they answer the phone and they say, hello, question mark, (laughs) that there's something exciting at the end. 
when you find the singers you know will be great in Sweeney Todd. Is mm -hmm. there a little bit of urgency to get them as soon as we can? Absolutely. And I will tell you, we scheduled our auditions early for that very reason. So we could make sure that we had the best opportunity to get the best talent. That's why it was so early this year. I think February 1st and 2nd is one of the earliest weekends we've done for our big audition weekend. And that comes down to so many other logistical things I don't mean to bore you about, just like space, rental space, sure. timing. But it was crucial for us to make sure we were early so we could capture the best talent. You wouldn't bore me with logistics at all because that's part of this podcast. This conversation is, you know, how do these things work? And it is sort of mind-blowing to think about all the little tiny pieces, as you said, the jigsaw of the Muni auditions. Yeah, there are people working on registration, making sure that there's the right space, the custodial staff cleaning the floor after we have marked it up with character shoes and heels. Mm -hmm. There's so many elements that go into play, which is fascinating and sort of remind you, though it looks like it's so easy, it takes a lot of organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're starting to make those offers, but everything hasn't come together yet, obviously. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. still early. So then what's next? What are the next steps that are going to happen? Well, you know, casting is designing the company, right? And simultaneously what's happening just sort of in the world of production our artistic director, Mike Isaacson, and our production manager, Tracy Utzmeyers, are working with all of the designers and the creative teams to imagine the physical mood of each world. Sets, lights, costumes, video, automation, if there are special tricks such as magic or illusions or flying, that is all beginning conversations right now. And our production team is absolutely amazing. You know, you talk about the Muni, there's hundreds of artists that walk through the door and everybody's responsible for their particular thing. So we're at the beginning stages of pre-production. So that is happening simultaneously. Actually, what is exciting to see from my standpoint is once the teams are seeing who the players are, who the people are, they envision costumes so designing the company is a part of design. It is creating the cast, the company of people that are going to be telling your story and actually inspires further ideas of, okay, this person has a different gait or maybe they walk a little slower, so maybe there's not stairs for this particular scene. So it does help answer questions. I don't know if it is the deciding factor, but it definitely is in mind everything that goes into making a musical. And how involved are your directors, your music directors at this point? Very. They get the final say. I mean, every conversation is about collaboration and approval of their vision of the show. The director being the main captain of that, and the choreographer and music director very highly involved as the core creative team, specifically in deciding the people. And also just understanding tone and input and the drive of casting, you know, what identity are you looking for within that world? They get the final say. So they are very involved in overseeing the whole process. The director in particular, the music director with our musicians and sound team, the choreographer with costumes and the stage layout and making sure that they have the appropriate pre-production time to create their world. It is all happening. And I have conversations constantly with each team so that's 21 artists mm -hmm. seven shows three main members of the creative team of each who are creating now mm -hmm. 
and everybody has a different creative process. It's really fascinating if somebody were to like get inside my day and one moment you're talking to somebody about Chicago and then a quick phone call about on your feet and then you go back to Chicago and then there's a seven brides conversation. But that is the example of an awesome, exciting producing office where all of these things are happening. So you had the auditions, you flagged people that you liked and then does the creative team on each show, do they have a conversation? Is there a lot of back and forth? I want to advocate for this person. All of the above. It's a rolling process of advocating, making sure that they see the appropriate materials. I mean, this sort of gets into some material logistics, but we record auditions for our directors who are out of town. So remotely, they are able to access any video that they may need to see of an actor who auditioned here, but they're in New York or Los Angeles and can't see them in the room physically. So we make sure that there are audition videos, private, of course, that the team is able to see. And it's constant conversation and making sure that we are communicating and collaborating in the most positive way. And it takes weeks, months to get to a decision. No decision is made lightly or quickly. Yes, you know, since we talked last, we saw all of those people and it is rolling and you're probably like, wow, that's a pretty fast turnaround. But this has been a long time coming. We've also had a very distinct vision for each show and what we're looking for. So the conversations will continue and they continue to the moment the show opens and even until the show closes. So it's always happening. And that is the most wonderful part, that input, that support seeing and hearing new voices in the collaborative process is really exciting. Is there a way for the cast to start to connect before the show? No, not necessarily. All of the calls at this point are individual. We don't really know, and they don't know, who else is cast unless they're schoolmates with them and they hear they got a similar phone call. And it essentially becomes word of mouth. Mm-hmm. They start to hear about it. And then you, you booked it too? Yay! So nothing is done with regards to that yet. What will also happen from our end is we start announcing our casts via press. Um, so that doesn't happen until like late March, early April. But that really, when you ask about when does it really take a turn, when we announce principal casting or we announce like a specific design for the show, that is where it really takes a turn. It's like it's summer. That's a good question, though. And, you know, it really makes me think, like, how do other people know? So thank you for asking that. Are they allowed to share that news or not yet? You know, it's always standard that you wait till you've signed on the dotted line to share publicly. I'm sure they share with their private group of close friends and family. And, you know, they probably got calls while they're standing outside of their class and then they hear so-and-so. So So then people start to know. Mm -hmm. But just in the world of showbiz, people really wait till they sign the dotted line to let the world know. And did they know that those calls were coming this week? Yeah, we say we'll be in touch as soon as possible. Okay. In the big jigsaw puzzle of uni casting, they understand it's a rolling process. And it's not that we necessarily even start in order. Clearly, show number one, Chicago, is the first show to open, but that doesn't necessarily mean the first phone call goes in that direction. So it's definitely a rolling admissions process for sure. What was the first phone call? Do you remember? If we're talking about the phone calls that I made after this particular audition, it was for the ensembles of Sweeney Todd. That is such a distinct 
challenging epic vocal show mm -hmm. that the vocal energy and artistry that is required for that show in particular is just so distinct and it was very clear to us who could do that mm -hmm. so those were the first phone calls that went out for the ensemble i mean we have been sort of collating and processing and offering principles since the fall i i do know who the first one is but i'm not going to say <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we'll find out. it was from mary poppins I might have a guess. <laughs> something i did want to say about the audition process and what i love so much you know you talk about what do you see what do you love watching a group of hungry passionate artists walk into the room because they're there to make and celebrate art is really moving. Anytime that you walk into a safe, nurturing, inclusive place that says, yeah, we make art for a living and we're really proud of that and we're going to celebrate it, that's our goal. And I think, you know, that as I make sense of this conversation with you and really think about what we're trying to do, it's, it's celebrating art. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. Thanks for listening to Classic 107.3's Attuned. There's more great content on our website, classic1073.org slash podcasts. There you'll find all of the available episodes, plus show notes, pictures, links, and more.